Digital effects have always been dependent on computer power. In the early days, computers as large as cathedrals needed to huff and puff for five months to produce one single frame of CG magic in a resolution that not even baby toy cameras would accept these days. Well, almost. And when computers got faster and more powerful, the demands from the VFX visionaires became higher and even more powerful computers were needed. It was, and is still, an arms race in a sense. Of course, since time is money, as we all know, it has always been crucial to cut down render time to be able to produce high-quality VFX without having to use years and years to render them. But while the VFX business was struggling with these problems, the game business was struggling with another dilemma. How do we produce better-looking games, games that show amazing images rendered in real-time by the game engine itself? This development made it clear that the two separate industries, VFX and games, actually had very much in common. The industries started to converge. Someone coined the term real-time VFX, and today it is something that everybody is talking about. Goodbye Kansas has always, just like many other VFX and animation studios, been dedicated to pushing the borders of what's technologically possible. It's important to be in the forefront because audiences demand better and better illusions all the time. We've come a long way since the puppetry of King Kong in the 30s and the dodgy digital illusions of the 80s. The VFX business needs to develop all the time to always create better illusions and do it as smart and fast as possible. So it was only logical that real time soon became one of the cornerstones of Goodbye Kansas expertise. But how can real-time technology be used? What are the possibilities and potential pitfalls? Follow me down Yellowbrick Road, a road that today is all about real-time. Hi everybody, I'm Nils Lagren and this is Yellowbrick Road, our friendly little podcast about visual effects, movies and games. And yes, today we're talking real-time. And I'm very happy to welcome my guest Anton Palmqvist, head of real-time at Goodbye Cancer Studios in Stockholm, Sweden. Welcome Anton. Hello, good to be here. Anton, it's, it's your first time here at Yellowbrick Road, so before we dive into the world of real-time VFX, let's talk about you. Uh, how did you find your way into this wonderful industry? Well, I started out at uh, an academia, as many of us here at Goodbye Kansas. Um, there's a program called uh, Digital Graphics there. Uh, it's not there anymore, uh, but it was one of the like the top VFX schools uh, here in Sweden. And uh, after that, I uh, started freelancing for a while, and then I ended up at Dice. Uh, where I worked on games for uh, four years. Um, and then after that, I felt uh, for a change and wanted to do something else. So I started with uh, VFX again, uh, but now in uh, real time. Mm. So. And, and when was the first time you got in contact with, with, with that term, real time VFX? So, I mean... Real time has been around for a long, long time, and it kind of depends on what you 
talking about when talking about real time. Um, in a sense, every viewport in a in a 3D application is is a real time engine, but it's a matter of fidelity and uh, and uh, how how many features you have to show something in a in a very very nice way. Mm. Um, it's been used for previous uh, since many many years ago, like James Cameron. Did with Avatar, they had a lot of virtual production tools there to have uh, uh, virtual cameras on stage so they could see the environments uh, as they would look like in in 3D, and for the actors to be able to visualize uh, what the what the world they were acting in would look like instead of just a green screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've come a long way from there, and I think the term real-time VFX uh, is becoming more and more popular because, as I said, the, the, the detail quality is uh, going up a lot and now we can render final images out of uh, real-time engines. And uh, that's uh, really, really powerful. Mm. Uh, how come you got hooked on it? Um, since I worked with games before, I... I was used to game engines, and uh, I like the interactivity that you have in the game engines. And what you see is what you get. So, especially for look dev and lighting, it's really, really useful to always see uh, at least very, very close to the final quality that you would get out of a final render. Mm. So iteration times goes down a lot, and you can be more creative. Yeah. You don't have to wait to like do something and then lean back and wait for an hour to see. Exactly. You don't have to wait for, for renders. And uh, that's really, really uh, powerful. Mm. Uh, I'm going fast again! <laughs> especially for LookDev, it's, it's like you have these grainy renders that you have to wait for uh, at least minutes just to do some really, really minor changes. And in a real-time engine, you would just do it uh, do the change and you would immediately see what's happening. Now, is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? Anybody? I want to go fast. Hey, get him a suit. So what game engines does uh, Goodbye Kansas work with? So we like to be platform agnostic in that way that we, uh, we're not really uh, close to one uh, engine. We we want to be able to use uh, either Unreal or Unity or uh, even proprietary engines like uh, Frostbite that we have from DICE. Um, we're building our pipeline in in Unreal right now at least because uh, they provide a, a really, really good uh, package uh, from the get-go. So um, that's what we stuck with now, and it's uh, proven to be really, really reliable. And especially with Python support, we can uh, we can modify our pipeline and and do exactly what we what we need uh, to be able to integrate it into the rest of the pipeline, which is a more traditional visual effects pipeline. Mm. There's also really, really good uh, tools for. For artists that don't know anything about programming, and uh, we can uh, 
create interactive experiences uh, in a really, really short time without having any need of a, a programmer on the team. So uh, that, that's really, really powerful. And that's also what I like about real-time engines is that you're really, really close to those uh, interactive experiences. And if you would like to make something that's more like a game or more like an application where you have interactivity like a VR application, for example, you can, uh, you can just take your assets and uh, deploy it to an application and then, it's, uh, then you're good to go. So, so you're you're obviously really good at real time, but, but what skills should an artist preferably have to, to be a good candidate for working with real time? You, you said that he doesn't need or she doesn't need to be a programmer. But. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think uh, working with real time engines uh, in a visual effects company as ours, it's um, it's a bit different from working with uh, game studios because. In game studios, you always have programmers and you rely on them to make uh, new uh, rendering features or other specialized features. But in here in VisualFX, we, um, um, we can use the engine as it is and it's, uh, it's really, really powerful to, to not have to maintain a huge code base yourself. Mm. And we instead have pipeline programmers that uh, help us tie everything together so all applications can talk to each other and uh, just making the lives of the artists uh, much, much smoother. Mm. So uh, <clears throat> uh, what we're looking at is uh, it's more like a technical artist. If you're talking about uh, more like a, a game developer uh, and it's, uh, it's good to have game dev experience because you're used to optimization and uh, you can work with shaders. Uh, we have a, a lot of specialized shaders that we use here. And um, we're basically just keeping the real-time department as small as possible. So the people here at the real-time department, we're, uh, uh, we're just bridging the gap basically between uh, a real-time engine and, uh, and the rest of the VisualFX pipeline. So we make it easier for for the artists to do what they're used to do in lighting or look dev or an animator, they should be able to use Unreal exactly like they use Maya or Houdini or any other application or render engine. So uh, that that's uh, where a technical artist can can help out and that's what we're looking for. Yeah, but, but, but is it easy to learn? Is it easy to make that jump for a traditional artist used to work in Maya and like? I mean, there is uh, there is a gap, of course, and uh, that's why we have a specialized real-time department here. Mm. But then again, I don't want I don't really want to have real-time artists because then we would have it. it there's a risk of having a different style to mm. what we do. So I just want to utilize the artists that we have already, and and just make use of those and, and getting them into real-time engines. So, so one could describe you as a guide, so to say, someone to take their hands and like yeah. reach in the gap. Yeah. But what was the first real-time project that you worked on uh, with Goodback Kansas? Um, so we had a lot of R&D projects in the beginning um, that never came out, but it's been, uh, it's been really, really useful to 
to have those test projects so we could see that can we reach the quality that we need? Uh, can we match the offline renderers like V-Ray and, and, and get the same quality out of Unreal, for example? Mm. Uh, <clears throat> so it, it basically started with, with Frostbite because we were working together with DICE, uh, as we've done for uh, many years now. Mm. We really wanted to be able to make uh, cutscenes for them in, in engine. And just using the same assets that that the the game uh, uh, the artists uh, at the studio are using, and just doing what we do best and uh, doing the storytelling parts and uh, making nice uh, cinematography and lighting and uh, just applying that directly inside of the engine. Um, so in a way that started with Frostbite, but then uh, it. Uh, it grew and we started looking at other engines and since many game studios are using Unreal or Unity it's uh, good to be able to just jump into the same server that they're working on and uh, utilizing the exact same assets that are already uh, maybe looked at and approved and uh, then we can do what we do best with uh, lighting and uh, cinematography just to tell the story. Mm. Uh, last year you embarked on a project called Troll a cinematic tech demo for Unreal you could say pre produced together with Epic Games H how did all that start? yeah so uh, we've had the collaboration with Epic Games uh, previously and uh, we worked together with them on uh, some smaller projects and they've always been very very helpful and uh, now this uh, opportunity came up to create this story about this troll based on uh, John Bauer's uh, old uh, paintings. So uh, Björn Larsson, the director, he owns the rights to the IP and uh, he's been working for a long, long time, for many, many years on this uh, project. So he really, he really liked the idea of uh, uh, combining this high-tech uh, real-time engine with... Um, with these old stories from uh, from the beginning of the 20th century. Mm. And um, so uh, that, that that's where it started, basically. And then, uh, I mean, we've always wanted to do uh, this big real-time project. So it was a great opportunity for us to do that. And uh, uh, we got a lot of help from uh, Epic Games and uh, Three Lateral, uh, of course, uh, which also got acquired during that project uh, by Epic Games. So we got some really, really high quality uh, digital humans from that. Mm. Well, what, what were the challenges of that project? Uh, how, how was it to work together with Unreal and Epic? Um, so the time zone differences, of course. Uh, we have this uh, LA office and... Uh, we also work together with Epic, who are located in North Carolina. So uh, that's like a minus nine hour difference to LA, and we have a minus six hour difference to uh, North Carolina. Then we also had uh, three lateral who are in uh, Serbia, which adds to that. So the meetings were uh, the meetings where we would uh, all sit together. Uh, they were at always at the, at the non-optimal time. <laughs> um, 
But then, of course, uh, there was some optimization that we had to do for the content. Um, it was not a lot, but still, because the, we really wanted to uh, show this uh, new hardware uh, together with uh, NVIDIA. Hmm. And uh, the challenge was to make it run on one single uh, RTX 2080 Ti GPU. Um, and the interesting part of that is that it is a consumer car that uh, that a consumer can buy uh, in a, basically everywhere. So um, that makes this real-time technology very accessible. And that's mm. what uh, Epic and NVIDIA and we wanted to get across uh, because it's uh, starting to get, starting to get uh, more and more accessible for uh, not only for studios but also people who are tinkering with uh, real-time engines at home. Mm-hmm. In a way, um, a little revolution, you could say, in that sense. A little bit, yeah, because there's been a huge step forward now with uh, real-time ray tracing uh, in, in game engines now. Yeah. And uh, that's what we showed off. And uh, it's uh, really exciting for us because we've been waiting for a long time for that. Uh, it's a huge jump in the quality that we can get uh, out of the images. And that's something that's been taking like hours of render time for just one frame previously. And now we can do that in uh, just a couple of milliseconds. Yeah. So that's and no need for a cathedral-sized, huge computers huffing and puffing for months. Exactly. Um, how long was the project running? How long did it take? And how many people were it? So it was about four months uh, in total. And I think uh, here at Goodbye Kansas, we were probably about 20 people. Um, but it's always hard to say. There's... Uh, always uh, some artists helping out uh, just for a short amount of time and and uh, just people jumping in and out of the project, uh, a lot of people helping out. And then I would say there was equally as many at uh, Epic and uh, through Lateral as well, um, just working on the... Uh, uh, on the face, the character uh, at Three Lateral and then Epic helping us with uh, programming help and that was unique for this project because uh, uh, they wanted to show off these uh, new real-time uh, features in the engine. So it was a pre, uh, uh, pre-release version of the engine. So there was, of course, a lot of, uh, a lot of bugs to iron out. Um, but we, we got a lot of help from Epic and they were really, really helpful with that. So we got, uh, we got a lot of features out of that. And it was nice to be able to work so closely together. So mm. whenever there was a feature or a bug that we we wanted to get fixed or uh, uh, or, or just discuss how to do things better, uh, it was just a quick turnaround time and uh, that was really, really helpful. So you were kind of testing the product before it hit the market, you could say. Exactly. Yeah. So we got our hands on uh, some pre-release software and uh, <clears throat> they got some uh, uh, some good uh, uh, quality testing from us. Mm. And you had a hard deadline because you knew you had to be done before GDC. Uh, and the demo premiered at the State of Unreal event at GDC in San Francisco. 
Uh, I, I was actually there at the rehearsals, and as always at an event like that, there was lots of last-minute nervosity, like updates, changes. But, but you seem to be totally calm in, in this maelstrom of excitement. So uh, how, how could you stay so calm? Yeah, well, uh, maybe I wasn't so calm on the inside, but uh, I, 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 I didn't have the time to be nervous, uh, really. So uh, I think it's good that we, we we had a lot to do up until the very end. So I think um, it was good. So I, I didn't have the time to... to uh, pause and think about how uh, how big that was and uh, how excited everybody was about mm. this and uh, uh, yeah but I mean I had a great team behind me and there was uh, a lot of people working on that of course so uh, no one was alone in this and it's uh, it was a fun project to do mm. and I mean just having the best uh, engine programmers in the world working together Having uh, the best artists, it's uh, it was just a really really exciting project. Yeah, uh, and and the demo really caught the attention of the industry. I mean, showcasing those amazing race racing abilities. And so, how did it feel to be part of such a groundbreaking event? Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said before, it, it was great to be able to be one of the first to test out the uh, real time ray tracing and. Uh, it's a uh, it's a huge step towards using game engines uh, in the VFX industry. So it's um, I mean it, it was really fun to be in the middle of that and uh, just getting to test out those features uh, immediately when they when they came out. So mm. virgin territory. Yeah, but but things move quickly in this business and GDC is already a long time ago over half a year ago so what has happened since GDC has Gunba Kansas pushed any other real-time initiatives yeah well we're always testing new things and uh, uh, seeing where things go basically and, and there's a lot of features that we're eagerly waiting for and uh, they're slowly trickling out and uh, we're continuing building our pipeline here, uh, focusing on on the real-time part of the pipeline and just streamlining things. Um, I mean, the troll demo was a really, really good uh, exercise in, in getting things in the right place and seeing where things could have been better. So we're now implementing those uh, learnings from that project. Um, we're also working a lot with virtual production and focusing on tools that we can use in our new shiny mocap studio here. Mm. Um, so since we're in this new office now uh, with everybody under the same roof, it's uh, really, really exciting to test those virtual production tools out and uh, allowing for directors and uh, photographers to be, to be able to let's say, uh, location scout uh, directly inside of the environment, a little bit like uh, they've done with uh, the latest Lion King movie. Um, also, just getting uh, some good visual feedback for the actors so they know what their character looked like. So if they're playing a, a, a monster of some kind, then uh, then we can visualize for them basically with a virtual mirror so they can see how 
how they look like uh, in 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 that uh, specific uh, project. Mm. Um, and then we also have multiple real-time projects going on. Uh, some are bigger, some are smaller, um, but we're we're still very much dedicated to working with real-time and continuing our efforts in in that area and uh, just making the best cinematics possible. It's always hard to predict the future, of course, but but what could the real-time technology be used for in the future, you think? To boldly go where no man has gone before. Um, So many things. That's why I think it's so exciting about real-time engines. Um, It's because you can use them for AR, VR experiences. You can have interactivity uh, that you can't get in a in a movie or uh, just a regular trailer or cinematic games of course that that's where the whole all these real time uh, engines come from so i think there's a lot that will happen with games uh, that's already happening but i think it's going to be more and more accessible for creators uh, Let's say uh, people who would have made uh, indie movies could make uh, some new kinds of experiences in uh, in real-time engines mm. and uh, releasing them on many different applications. It doesn't have to be a super, super fast gaming computer or it doesn't have to be in VR. It can be just a small interactive experience that you have in your Facebook's feed or uh, anywhere else. So there's there's a lot and it's uh the game engines are this center hub uh where you can create these experiences and then choose where to deploy these. So the possibilities are endless, you could say. They are. To infinity and beyond. Uh you mentioned virtual productions and that's something that Goodbye Kansas is pushing very hard at the moment too. And, and we might do an entire episode about it later this season. So I hope I see you here at Yellow Brick Road again, Anton. And thanks for coming here today. Thanks for having me. And you out there, thanks for listening. Uh, do mail us if you have questions of any specific topics you would like us to discuss at podcast at goodbyekansas.com. Until next time, goodbye. I be Anton of Wiederhören. Vi hörs.